Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I watched Season 2, Episode 13, Tiny. As always, we'll start off with a little synopsis. In the Enchanted Forest, Anton wants to meet humans, despite what his teasing brothers have told him about humans. He travels down the beanstalk and meets Prince James and Jack, who pretend to befriend him in order to gain access to his castle and the magic beans. When Anton discovers their betrayal, he raises the bean fields, but all of his brothers die in the process, leaving him alone with a deep hatred for humans. In Storybrooke, Emma, Henry, and Mr. Gold travel to New York to find Mr. Gold's son. Meanwhile, David and Mary Margaret discover that Cora has brought a secret weapon, the giant Anton in human-sized form. With a little help from Regina, Anton becomes his full-sized self and mistakes David for James, wreaking havoc on the town. When David and the town save his life, Anton realizes that not all humans are evil and offers to help his new friends by growing a new crop of magic beans. Roger, what do you think of this episode? I think it's out of place. I think it's fine. Like, I don't think it's a bad episode, but as I said at the end of the last episode, this is not the episode that you put right as we're about to figure out the thing we've been trying to find out for a season and a half. It's fine, but I was watching this entire episode with my first thought of, can we get to the next episode already? You? Same. This There's too much happening in this story, and none of it is the thing that I want to be happening. There's an A, B, and C plot in Storybrooke. We are focusing on a non-main character, which, I mean, I, I, mean, I like Anton. He's great. I don't know that he needs to be the focus of an episode here. Um... And we sort of push Rumpel's plot forward. I actually find what's happening with Mr. Gold and Emma to be pretty interesting, but it's a very small part of this episode. So yeah, this is this is an out of place episode. I think that's a way a good way to put it. This is like the time on The Walking Dead that they told us that Glenn was dead. We thought Glenn might be dead, and then they made us watch an episode for an hour and a half about Morgan, and they didn't tell us if Glenn was alive. So it's funny, my analogy was that like I'm a football fan and so there's like that final week of preseason where I'm like, can we get to the games that matter and I no longer care? Like I'm really excited to watch it when I hadn't watched football for nine months, but after like an hour I'm like, okay, I want real games now. This feels like just like a precursor to something important. I actually think the Gold Emma stuff is interesting. Yeah, me too. But it's, like you said, a third of the episode at mm-hmm. best. It's not even a third, I would. Yeah, at best. Yeah. Um, okay, where let's start with the Enchanted Forest, I feel like. I think that makes sense. Is it still the Enchanted Forest? Is the castle in the sky part of the Enchanted Forest? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's a castle in a sky. That must be enchanted. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, get to see James. Is this the first time that we've seen, like, evil James? Because the, the previous times that we've seen him, I mean, he seems arrogant, but, like, that one of his fellow soldiers or knights or whatever says, like, he's the bravest man I ever met. Um, is this the first time that we learn that he's a bad guy? I think this is only the second time we've ever seen him on okay. screen. So, yes, this would be essentially the first time we realize that he's a villain. Well, they want to make sure that you know that he's James and not David. So they put him in all black. Yeah. And they put him in that shirt with that plunging neckline. Yep. Which is a very odd <laughs> choice for a man. It definitely I mean, he seen. was about to have sex with Jack, so there's that. But <laughs> He's got a deeper plunging neckline than what she's wearing. And she's wearing, like, a negligee. He has a deeper plunging neckline than Hook, which is... Or, or Regina, <laughs> who is the queen of plunging necklines. Yeah, they, may, they do a good job of distinguishing this is not charming, this is James. 
Uh, and he's in all black, no matter what, whether he's out as a knight, I guess, or he's, yeah, about to, you know, do the horizontal mamba with uh, Jack. He's in all black all the time. That's all. He's like a Power <laughs> Ranger. If he's Black Power Ranger, he wears nothing but black. I actually like Jacqueline. I think she would have been an interesting character to mm-hmm. stick around. She's got devilish eyes. She's a good schemer. She manipulates Anton easily. So does James, to be fair. But she would have been like a fun character to see in Storybrooke. I, I thought it was a nice parallel that like earlier in the season we saw her dead body. And now we And learned. her sword. And we didn't know. I, I like, you know, Jack is a, a little boy traditionally in yeah. Jack and the Beanstalk. So to learn that it's a woman and she seems to be like a fearsome fighter. Uh, King George starts talking about, you know, enemies, and she's like, I would love the opportunity to fight the enemies. I also love that George just walks in when they're very clearly about to, and he just... And James just thinks it's funny. (laughs) Well, not only does he think it's funny, he goes to introduce her, and George is like, I don't care. (laughs) Yes. I love George. George is just the the great, ruthless, I don't have time, I think he even says, I don't have time for your stupid dalliances. I have real important things than some tramp in your bed. (laughs) And she's just like, well... Nice to meet you, Your Majesty. And they all take it in stride. It's like a very, very comedic scene. So a lot of things happen in this episode of The Enchanted Forest that really irk me. One being, I mean, we talk about this a lot. There was an entire field of magic beans in The Enchanted Forest in the sky. And the, I don't want to call him bumbling, but like arrogant Prince James finds these beans and later he dies but Rumpelstiltskin could not find them the dark one he had no idea that there were any of these beans yeah very plot inconsistent here yeah this is not logical to me that this existed and somehow you know this the whole reason this is happening is James wants the beans for his kingdom because they're worth so much money he can't get the beans because they burn them all there's still all this money up there he takes a bag of it and takes it down. They also, him and Jack kill, like, all of the giants except for Anton. Like, all of them. Well, there's more. There's an army. Sure. Yeah. But for some reason, they can't just kill this one last giant and take all the rest of the gold that they desperately need. Also, you're facing an enemy that is large. Instead of using poison-tipped swords, how about poison-tipped arrows? Which basically would be impossible to miss because he's bigger than any castle you've ever seen. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Jack and the Beanstalk is a relatively illogical fairy tale, even in the world of fairy tales. And this somehow became more ridiculous. I don't. I don't get it. Also, uh, the kind of... I don't want to say cold-blooded, but like it was kind of funny and kind of sadistic when the giant is holding Jack. And kind of gets a little smirk on his face and takes the thing and just, like, almost like a kid torturing an animal, just prick, and then, like, kills her mm-hmm. with the poison tip sword. And then just falls down himself. And then James is like, sorry, I don't have I don't have time for you. I mean, he wasn't going to be able to save her, no. realistically. <laughs> What's he going to do? Climb down with her body and the treasure and then get her to a healer of poison in time? Yeah. No, he, there's nothing he could do. No. He didn't have to be so cold about it, which is how we know he's a <laughs> villain. But, Yeah. I, it is also interesting, at one point, James says, sometimes you have to leave home to find the people you truly belong with, which is clearly part of his manipulation of Anton, and perhaps Jack, unclear. Uh, But I really, I really love that that is 
kind of a perversion of the entire meaning of this whole show and like the reason that I love it. Like this whole show is about found family. And he's like, look, you found your family. Just kidding. We're going to fuck you up now. I think he was manipulating both of them. Yeah, I probably. think Jacqueline had real feelings for him and he was like, oh, you're just exactly what George called you. You're just one of many who will share my bedchamber with me. Anton definitely should have been suspicious, though. They were just being aggressively nice. Like when she says, if it makes you happy, that's all the payment we desire. Well, so that makes sense that we have a cynicism because we've interacted with humans. He only has his douchebag brothers. By the way, in the giant world, how does procreation occur? It's a great question. Like, I don't know where their parents are or how they will make more giants. Is this the only place the giants live? Like, Were they just going to be extinct because there were no further female giants? I don't know. Is this like the... Or do giants live forever? Like, I don't know. Are they like the giants and ogres related some? I don't know. This is... Ill- I don't think we ever really see the giant world again. No. Although... I, in that episode earlier in the season when Emma and Mary Margaret are in the Enchanted Forest, um, they were talking about the ogres and Emma says like fee fi fo fum and then Mary Margaret says, oh, that's giants. So I'm not sure if it's giants or lore to them just like they are to us or if it's like, you know, there's giants walking around in the Enchanted Forest. Well, they forest. know about giants because they say like we thought giants were extinct. Mm-hmm. So it is a thing that okay. James says that they're aware of, which makes sense that they would know. It'd be lore to us because it's a fairy tale. Yeah, I don't know. Everything about this was, like, odd. It just seemed a bit out of place. And it's a one-off, so it's not the end of the world. The other thing that is really frustrating about this episode... This is and just people's behavior. Two? This is thing three. Oh. Um, the, if James had just let Anton bring him gold, he could have solved all of his problems. And probably gotten the beans. Yeah. Now, he actually didn't have to stab him in the back. Anton was absolutely going to just... Yeah. Or, like, instead of murder them, just, like, go rob them when Anton's, like, down there and, and minding business. I'm sure they could just put him to sleep. And if he wasn't so greedy about needing those, like, beans, there was so much gold there. Like... So much gold. A, a, a gold coin that's the size of a giant is a lot of gold. Also, can we talk about that? Like, that treasure shack was huge. He climbed down that beanstalk one-handed. Yeah, I don't know how he did that. He's amazing. He's an Avenger, just like his brother. Okay. Mm. Well, we know his fighting prowess is <laughs> not true. as good as Charming. Charming would That's never true. get stabbed in the back like that off of his own move. It's so sad when Jack and James climb up the beanstalk and Anton is like, oh, I got you. I'm coming back down with the stuff. And and then they like are like, oh, we're here to, rob, like, to take all of your beans. And then Anton says, but you're my friends. Yep. He's like a puppy who's getting kicked. It's Oh, God, yes. He is like a puppy that's getting kicked. Also, can we talk about the fact that the Giants constructed a home with a beanstalk that just has a giant hole in it? I know. It's just like a giant hole in the floor. Like, there's just a death trap in your living room. <laughs> oh, go, hey, don't take that wrong step. Like, if they drink some ale the wrong way, you might just go tumbling down to your death. Terrifying. It's, all of this is... Maybe they're too big to fit in that hole. I don't know. But they can climb down the beanstalk, so actually we know they can get down there. Yeah, at least Tiny can. The tiniest of the giants. Also, if you thought, like, wouldn't you have sentry birds maybe at, like, the halfway point and then just cut the beanstalk? Yeah, that seems reasonable. I don't know. I don't know. Worst military strategist ever. <laughs> I guess they're, that was not their strong point. They're farmers. It's yeah. about the labor that they Being do. Being farmers. Um, can we talk about the brothers are all terrible people? They're just obnoxious. They're so mean to him. For no reason. And just... he's, like, really nice. Yeah. 
he's nice to strangers. And clearly, I also want to talk about, in general, the the idea that Anton, at the beginning, is like, humans aren't all bad. I want to go meet humans. I met these nice humans. They're great. Just because if a few bad humans do a couple bad things doesn't make them all bad is a thing he says. Yeah. And then he meets... Two humans that do a bad thing, and then he assumes that all humans are bad. <laughs> I mean, I will say, there's a difference between doing a bad thing and murdering all of your remaining family. Of course. But there's a lot of humans. Sure. But that's a lot of your family. Hashtag just not mad. all humans. <laughs> Giant lives matter. Uh, yeah, no, it's just, I think it's more so the fact that, like, he has now been as corrupted as his former brothers were because of the fact that they're all now dead. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am okay that we're not coming back to this. This is just a plot hole, and it's inconsistent, and the, I know we're supposed to feel bad for the Giants, but I wasn't really sad to see any of them but the oldest die. Like, if the other ones had died... Well, we already knew that that had happened. I know, but, like, even if I'd seen this first, based on their interactions, you think all of the brothers are just awful people like he crushes his heart for no reason and he like smirks and laughs about it like they're just bad people and they're not children like i get like a six-year-old acting like that but like they're adults who are just terrible people yeah like yeah maybe the human should have killed and robbed you like you're terrible (laughs) like this is bad guy versus bad guy in my opinion anton's caught in the middle of his two terrible his friends and his family neither of which treat him like family or friends it was nice to get the conclusion of the the like the victors are the ones that get to tell the story um oh yes he does say that yeah yeah, in the previous episode when we see him but yeah i mean i like anton but i don't need an episode any more episodes focused solely on anton anton i'm very into anton is adopted by the dwarves as one of their own (laughs) i do like that i think that's a good move i don't think this episode is dreamy level bad where i just like delete this from my mind but again, it's out of place. Yeah. This, this this feels like filler right when things are getting exciting. Move this up or move this back. I don't really care where you want to go. And yeah, my I'm like, I think Jacqueline was a really, she has very good devilish eyes. Like in the absence of having like a true young villain, she would have been, fa- like her and Hook would be fun to see. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I mean, there, there was potential, and I don't know what the actress's contract is, but I wish she had been there for at least another season. Mm. But Tess Mercer, for those who watch Smallville. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure what the equivalent of too many candles, not enough murder plot is in this episode, but it's something. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else in the Enchanted Forest? No, I'm good. Uh, I really prefer more George. It's nice to see him pop up real quick. Yeah, George is Can I get some Spencer now too, maybe? Well, okay, so in Storybrooke, we have an A plot, a B plot, and a C plot. And I almost split the A plot into more than one plot. I only have two plots, so I'm curious what the three plots are. So the first plot is, like, the whole Anton situation, which involves, like, Hook helping them find him, um, the, like, bean planting situation. The giant run amok. Yes, the giant run amok. The B plot is Rumpelstiltskin and Emma and Henry. And the C plot is the, like, uh, Belle, Greg Mendelson Mendel, Mendel? Mendel. Mendel. Mendel? Mendel. Uh, <laughs> situation. Okay, I forgot about him. That's, yep. But there are several pieces in the A-plot that sort of align with what's going on. But, for example, the David and Mary Margaret conversations about what to do with beans and going back to the Enchanted Forest. 
it is part of the A-plot, but it's also, like, a separate mm-hmm. issue. I'm like, there's just a lot. There's a lot happening here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which plot would you like to start with? <laughs> okay, let's talk about Greg and Belle, because I think that is the least interesting, and we can get through it quickly. Sure. Um, Belle, and I'm putting her name in quotes, obviously has lost her memory. She's watching what pres- I presume is a soap opera? Probably. In the hospital. Uh, Nurse Ratchet is just out and about, by yep, the way. Yeah, she's just walking around. Um, yeah, the Greg thing... You kind of see it telegraphed while away, like Belle is being treated like she's crazy. I don't get why Ruby lied to her there. I think because they just don't. I mean, they've. Rumpelstiltskin has tried to explain the situation to Belle, and yeah. she freaks out every single time. But she's saying, I know what I saw. Uh huh. And she's from your. Like, I get lying to Greg. I don't understand lying that's to true. Belle. That's true. They could just say, like, yep, that's what you saw. Things are weird here. Like. <laughs> Yeah, you don't remember it, but that is what you saw. You just lost your memory because you fell over the town line. That sounds insane when you say it, but, like, yeah, you're from this land. So, like, weird shit happens all the time. Yeah. Welcome to Storybrook. Um, now, it's true. I, it's it's like a long-term, full-scale gaslighting of Belle. Again. <laughs> yes. Again. I did really enjoy... Um, I wish we got more Ruby and Belle, because they clearly know each other better than we have been able to see. Uh like, Ruby brings her in a basket, of course, which is adorable. And she's wearing that jacket that is very wolf-like. Um, Ruby just dresses like a wolf all the time. I mean, it's a pretty cool jacket. Yeah, it is. Uh, she brings her a book, that a specific book that she knows Belle likes, which is nice. Like, it, I, I, we, I feel like we get one other conversation with them in an earlier episode. But it seems like they spend time together and are friends. So you're saying what you would like to see is more Beauty and the Beast? Yes, the beast, the wolf. What a twist. <laughs> yeah, no, it, um, we know that she spends time at the diner because they say it, but yeah, how they didn't find more for Ruby to do is fascinating to me. Like, of the characters who definitely should have had more screen time throughout this season and, and beyond is Ruby, and it's shocking to me that they couldn't find more for her to do. Also, the people in this town are doing a really bad job of acting like normal people. Like, remember in the episode, the last episode, when Greg shows up, and, like, Mary Margaret and David want to go in with Emma to question Greg. <laughs> and she's like, we're not a group sheriff. Like, in a normal town, we have to act normal and do things normally. You know what's not normal? Some random stranger in the town being like, oh, Greg Mendel, are you okay? Like, how was how your hospital stay going? You don't know me, but I know your name. I think that's less weird than the fact that the quicker you get healthy, the sooner you can get out of our little town. <laughs> yeah. It was both, like, menacing and, like, well, why do you want me out so bad? If I wasn't suspicious before, I am certainly suspicious now. Yeah. Well, and Greg seems... Yeah, Greg is very suspicious. As he should be. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, at the very end, he talks to Belle and reveals that he also saw the same thing. So he lied to Emma and got away with it. Once again, an example of her superpower being completely wrong. Um, and, yeah, he just says, that, yeah, I know you're not crazy. I saw the same thing when I was driving. So but- we have an outsider who has witnessed magic. That was a that was one of the pieces in this episode that now I'm like, oh, I want to know what Greg's going to do. And I, what I really want to know is how Greg even got there. Yeah, like, how did he know? Yeah. No one's, other than people who are from the Enchanted Forest and Henry, who grew up there, no one has just driven into Storybrook in 30 years. Well, it used to be impossible to do that. Yeah. Um, But... 
there is a road that connects to other roads, so I don't know. I th- I believe that's a weird inconsistency, though. What do you mean? I think later on we find out that even if you know it's there, you can't always find it easily. Even when you know it's there. That's, I think that's a, that's a whole other, another curse situation. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. The rules of all the curses are different. I'm sure you they are. You must remember. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, other than that, I'm done with the C plot. Okay. A plot or B plot? Let's B plot? go B plot. No, B plot you called Rumple. Let's go A plot. Okay. A plot. All right. So we start with Hook. Hook is now no longer in the hospital. Still not, still not doing great. He's a little... He's got a he's got some sort of rib injury. Yeah, he got hit by a car. Yeah, he got he got hit by a car. Um, good guy hook here. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of um, inappropriate flirting with Mary Margaret. For a man who is interested in their daughter, very clearly, I don't know that hitting on the mother is the play here. To be honest, at this point, I'm not sure. That he is explicitly interested in her. I think he is interested in he her is as he is interested, interested in most in women. Sure. But I don't know that he has like an exceptional feeling about her. Really? Yes. The jail scene where he talks about I wouldn't have done the same to you. How he's genuinely hurt that she stabbed him in the back. I, I, I don't think that that necessarily has anything to do with her as a person. Yeah, it does, because we've seen that he's a ruthless bastard with anyone else. Case in point, Belle. He goes to murder her in her cell for no reason. That is true. That is weird. That is very That's weird. not weird. That's exactly who he is. It's, it's weird that he actually doesn't seem to want to do that to Emma. It's very obvious that he likes her. I mean, I, I think he likes her. I'm not saying he doesn't like her. But I think that it is very much in his character to flirt with everyone. Yeah, but he doesn't really do that. Like he, So... He only does that with Cora when he's trying to get something. He doesn't make a bunch of sexualized comments at her. Cora's also old. Okay. He doesn't do that to Regina when they talk most of the time. They yes, had a, he does. When they had a full discussion there, there was no sexualized comments when they talked in this episode. Mm, there was some energy. That's not a real thing. But like... <laughs> That's not a real In the sense thing. of like... The comments that he made towards Snow, he never That's made true. towards Regina. Though. That's true. No, it's like it's very different. He even says, "I see where your daughter gets a spunk," and then winks. At Except her. for when he says, "I've been tied up in bed all day yeah. and not in a good way." Yeah, that's a joke about sex. That's not a joke about them having sex. Okay. The difference is like he's talking to uh, Snow about like, "Why don't you torture it out of me and have some fun?" A very being a, a lech towards Snow, shall we say? I thought it was interesting that. Mary Margaret says she seems very confident that he will help them and isn't lying because she says that, you know, he's a pirate and he goes where the wind blows. And right now it's gusting towards us. Yeah. I'm not sure why she thinks that. (laughs) Well, because that's where Emma gets her arrogance from. (laughs) Because there's no... In in many cases that is true. Like in certain, you know, storylines or at different times, like things are, they're they're in a good position. But I, I do not think that they are in a bad or good position currently i think i think that there isn't enough information about what core is trying to do i think they're in a bad position because they themselves said it emma and snow at one point were talking and they said when they realized that archie wasn't dead that there's going to be a consequence for us accusing regina when she didn't do anything wrong so they actually know it's going against them yeah i'm not sure what that's about i mean i guess maybe it was very obvious that Regina was lying when she came to see them, so they should have been able to read that. I don't know that it was very obvious to them. It should have been. Why? 
when she found out, when Emma was questioning her in that episode a few episodes ago, yeah. when they thought Archie was dead, mm-hmm. you can genuinely tell that she is shocked to learn that Archie is dead. Sure. In this episode, when they tell her that Archie is actually alive, it's very clear that she is not at all surprised by that. <laughs> Which is true if you're watching it as a viewer. If you're watching it as a character who is just mis. Uh, place this woman as a murderer you probably won't logically trust your ability to read them since you were dead wrong about them okay, last time that's fair it is reasonable that now like we're going to call her a liar right after you just called her a liar yeah okay that's fair but to to my point they regina has just come to them said she has no idea that cora is there and they're they like believe her and also they have learned like regina is not murderous at us currently mm-hmm. or from their perspective so you know having regina on their side is kind of a win in their opinion i mean i, I don't know if i would quite say she's on their side but she's not trying to kill them currently That's she would have protecting henry in her best interest and she has displayed in recently the willingness to support them for henry yep so that I can see, I guess I can see why they might think things are going well. Yeah, but it was just, it was, I don't disagree with any of those points, but she, I, I think she's bluffing. Like, I think she was trying to convince Hook of it. I don't know mm. that she believes it because it's it's silly. Like, there's nothing that says that you're yeah. dominating right now. Like, at best, you're at neutral. Most likely, you're to, um, you're to negotiating from a negative stance. Well, and the best indicator of the fact that it is true is that it is accurate that Hook feels that way and is a pirate and goes where the wind is gusting. And immediately after they speak, he tries to get in touch with Cora. Yep. 100%. <laughs> and then Regina shows up. Yeah, and then Regina shows up and they talk about... I don't know. So, I am both happy and disgusted at this current Regina. I love that Regina the Evil Queen is back. That's fantastic. This is the Regina I've needed to see... I don't like the whiplash that we're going through with her. I keep using that term, but there's a reason. We went from evil queen at the end of season one. I'm going to be completely good. Nope, screw that. I'm going back to being evil. It's just this massive ping-ponging. And she's fetching items for Korra now? Yeah, So I she's like not the that. evil queen. She's the evil princess sidekick. The evil queen, the like star season one villain, has been reduced to nothing more than an Aaron girl? <laughs> it's really? true. This is pathetic. I do love... And you, I actually enjoy it when it's a genuine smile of joy. But whenever Regina smiles big, like evil smile, genuine smile of joy, it is, it is delightful. And when she hands Anton the the mushroom. And laughs. Yes, she laughs and gets this like evil smile. And I'm like, there she is. It's the evil queen. Yeah. What I also don't get is that her phrase is, well, we've made amends. I know that you love the phrase, it's hard to love your mother. But how does one make amends for watching your true love get murdered in front of your eyes? Yeah, I don't know. And also, how does one (laughs) forgive your mother trying to frame you for murder because she thought that that would be the best way to get in touch with you? (laughs) So I could get what maybe they could argue that point they're even. Because, you know, Regina sent Hook to kill. She even talks about that, like, oh, my mother, who I sent you to kill. Yeah. So, like, you could say that's a one for one. I think the problem here is like there's there's still a whole murdering Daniel part here. I would prefer if this Regina were working diagonally. This would have been an interesting thing to see that like I'm she helps me get to an end, but I still don't like or trust you. The other thing that bothers me about 
because we keep talking about how we want Cora to be like the ultimate villain of this season and she really isn't given enough of a story or enough of enough screen time for that to be the case but like her secret weapon is a shrunken down giant unclear what that's about like Anton says that he thinks that she brought him so that he could grow beans but like why I mean I can conjecture why Cora might want some beans but I don't I like we never learn yep. what that plan was. And what what was her plan prior to her shift in realizing that Regina still loved her? Because she said it's changed now when she comes out of the coffin. Yeah, what the hell was she actually planning on doing? Because I don't even know what she wants right now, other than she wants her daughter back. Okay, mission accomplished. Are you guys just going home? <laughs> they just want Anton to grow them beans, and then they're going to go home. They just dip out. <laughs> I, I don't know. It just it. You're right, and we never actually like. She doesn't feel the same way. Like we knew what Regina's plan was. Yeah. We kind of knew what Rumpel's plan was. Even if you get like little pieces, we mm-hmm. kind of figure out that he's got like a plan. I have no idea what she wants. And in absence of another villain who's kind of like stealing the show, we kind of need Cora to be that person. Well, Cora's not there. Like she's not even in this episode. So no. the closest we get to a villain is Regina reverting back to her evil queen persona. Yep. Something is very wrong right something now. Something is weird about this. Episode. Or maybe Greg. Like that, I mean, like it's just there's something off about this episode that mm-hmm. is like, who the hell is the villain of this season right now? That's a good question. And then there's Hook, who is a terrible human being, but for some reason they keep dragging. Like, why did they drag him to his own ship? They didn't know where it was. For some reason, they couldn't find it. I don't know. They could have. Well, I guess they couldn't have just asked Bell, but. If, like, Belle was able to find Archie out. Archie should know. These are smart people. That's true. Archie should know. He was kidnapped on it. I don't know. He did give them the key to let Anton out, though. Which almost worked very poorly in their favor. And then he just sort of dips. Like, they're all on the ship together, and they open up the cage for, to let Anton out. Anton freaks out when he thinks it's well, James, and there's, like, a fight. David. I know, he, like, flips over. But then... Like, at the end of that scene, Hook isn't there. Well, yeah, they were dealing with Jack, right? Just as, and also, he knows every inch of his own ship. That's he could true. just escape. He, he hid. Yeah. And, yeah, that's the other thing. It never gets talked about again, the fact that he committed attempted murder. Odin Bell? Yeah. No, they talk about it again. He's never arrested. He's never put back A in. A lot of people are not arrested for the their crimes, Regina. <laughs> yeah, so here's the thing, though. There's no proof that Regina murdered anyone in Storybrooke. We know that she killed Gran. They don't know that. They just assume it. Yeah, I mean, I think people are... Gold sure. gets arrested for beating the shit out of French. Like, Emma arrests him. Hook shoots somebody at the town line, admits to doing it, and then we just let it go at some point. It's true. Illogical. Yeah. The the rules of Storybrooke are, are uh, confusing. Hey, David, be a sheriff. Lock that pirate up. Also, how did you not punch Hook? For all of the comments that he made, you punched Whale for sleeping with her when they were cursed, but you let Hook talk like you that? You did try to choke him out. Punch him. <laughs> He's got a glass jaw. You would have knocked him out because we know every woman in town can knock him out with one shot. Um, back to Anton and Regina. Okay, so the last time <laughs> someone gave Anton a mushroom so that he could change his size... They really fucked him over. A woman with devilish eyes. <laughs> it took like two seconds for Regina to convince him that to take that mushroom. It was very confusing. I mean, she does say, I want the same thing that you want. You can kill that prince. That's no big deal. But like, why would he trust them? So what I've learned is that Anton's an idiot. 
Anton is an idiot. And my guess is that last time he was tricked, he did get the thing he wanted. They just screwed him over in the end. As we find out later, he doesn't seem to really have a strong will to live. Yeah, that's so true. So he wants to get what he wants, and then I think he's good. So yeah. he doesn't really care what the end game consequences are because he doesn't really want to be alive. As he even says, I should just let go. Also, David sacrifices himself. Like, he was about to just straight get murdered because Anton went to kill him. That stomp was going to absolutely flatten him. Yeah. This man does not have any self-preservation skills. He constantly is doing ridiculous things. Jumping through the fire or just like, it's fine. I'll take care of this. It's one on seven on nights. Now he wins. But, I mean, like. Also, what is going on in their town? That like I recognize that he's a he's a giant he's big. The power lines thing. Is the funny. power lines thing is so funny. He gets like caught in the power lines, but he stomps on the ground and then opens like a bottomless pit sinkhole. Like but that actually makes sense. He was a giant who's tried to stomp someone to death. He's going to cause a crater. A crater, but it's like a bottomless pit. Well, yeah. If a giant, that's not what the earth is like. It is when a giant puts his foot through it. Not. Like, but he didn't break the pipe. Well, no, he did break the pipe. There's like an end to the pipe. Mm, okay. I think he went all. It's not bottomless. It's just like I don't know if he's a hundred foot feet tall. That could be a hundred feet down. Because remember, he's like stuck in it. Yeah. So like he created a hole that's gonna kill you before you get to the okay, bottom. Reasonable. Yeah. That that of all the things that didn't make sense. The conversation, by the way, that I love that they have in like the middle of town square, where he's like, "Hold on, it wasn't me." It was my evil twin brother. It's literally the soap opera that Belle was watching at the beginning. It's so funny because, like, it's real, but it sounds ridiculous. And, like, Anton is like, okay. And and then Mary Margaret comes with, like, a great, like, no, no, you know our daughter Emma. She's, okay, where's her? She is. Uh, she's out of town. This sounds like a lie. Everything that you said sounds like bullshit. It really does. They're like, we know it doesn't sound right. Yeah, like, okay, now, I, I went from maybe thinking that you're not lying to me that this is total crap. No, this can't be true. It happens to be true, but it sounds as ridiculous as when Henry's like, guys, you guys are all cursed, and that's your mom. You're the same age, but that's it's your, your mother. Yeah. yeah, that's like, true. You, you, Jefferson, and uh, someone else have all the shared delusion together. Just all happen to be right. I did like when they save him and he says, you saved my life. And Snow says, that's just what we do. Yeah. That's what they do. It really is what they do. And also she says, we're not all the same. <laughs> yeah. I will say they, the one thing I think will help Anton with them is that they pretty much all suffer. Other than Charming, to be quite honest. He really hasn't suffered. Like he lost his mom, but his mom at least lived a long life. Lost his father. He didn't know his father, and, his and he doesn't brother. like his father. He didn't know his brother. Those people aren't people he knew. That doesn't mean that it's not painful. It's not the same as losing like your father who you grew up with, and watching him get poisoned, or watching your true love get murdered in front of your eye. Like there are layers to loss and charming. Probably of the storytelling characters, I'd take Charming's life over all of them without a second thought. Hmm. Or like Rumple watching his son drop through no, a portal. That's awful. Way worse. Rumple watching his son drop through a portal. It's the way Rumpel I'm letting it. go of his son's hand. He didn't mean to do it. <laughs> He's been spending literally his entire life since then undoing that mistake. Obviously, he didn't want to let him go. He just didn't want to let go of his magic. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to talk about in the B plot? Oh, we should talk about Charming and Snow's conversation at the end. Yes. Um, okay. Well, one magic beans. We got. Many we didn't, ma- see, we a didn't magic see any, but they were there, and now we have a a planting. Of a Do magic we count bean. this as a magic bee? Sign? I think so because we saw the stalk. 
we saw the stock and there were we knew that there were many magic beans present in this episode i feel like without the stock i would not have said that should count because you Mm, didn't because like they reference it a plenty of times without you seeing it that's true but we do see essentially the uh genesis of what would be magic beans but Snow and, or Mary Margaret and David still have not resolved their ongoing, I don't, I don't want to say argument, but they are not on the same page about going back to the Enchanted Forest or staying in Fort Storybrooke. I'm also confused as to why Mary Margaret doesn't think Emma would come with them. She definitely won't. Why? She's nothing in this world that matters to her. All of the things that matter to her are literally in Because the last time she went to the Enchanted Forest, things did not go well for her. Well, yeah, she was a dumbass and wouldn't listen. <laughs> she knows this world. She does not know Storybrooke. No, but she could move. Yeah, but she, her thing is like, remember when they were in the house, we'd be all together? Yeah, that's true. I mean... And David doesn't seem concerned... Even, like he, it's not that he says no. I think Emma will come with us. He says Emma can take care of herself. Yeah, because Emma and David are alike. That's he true. knows that she'll be fine, even if they decide to leave. She will be. Fine. But it's interesting that he doesn't want to be near her. I don't think that's the case. I, I think it's more so that he trusts that like we will always find each other. Mm-hmm. It's more so that like if we need to see each other, we'll see each other. But also. There is a logic in, like, at some point you move away from your children. Yeah. And your children move away from you. So, like, they don't... Yeah, it's nice to make up for lost time, but she has her own life that she should be living in. Yeah. They have their own life. That, and they spent 30 years cursed. Like, it does make sense. Like, hey, great, love you, glad we get to see each other, but, like, we want to go home. You can stay here if you want to. Come visit us. We have a field of magic beans now. Like, it's just like going to a different town. Yeah. It is interesting... Because, like, Mary Margaret says, you know, home is where our family is, which I understand that. Um, And similarly to, like, Emma has nothing in Storybrooke, they don't really have anything in the Enchanted Forest. Like, they could build something there, but, like, it's broken. There's ogres everywhere, like... But that's their home. There is something, too, that is where I grew up. That's her castle. That's her kingdom. Like, it, 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 like, those are things that, like, when she was a little girl, that was the place that she was going to take over. It does make more sense that they would want to go back there as opposed to, like, Storybrooke is a place that they were pulled by an evil queen and a curse. Yeah. Not exactly a happy memory. This is also the place we all had an affair together. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to talk about that real quick. The, like, bizarre mention, like, he's making a very good point about, like, if I were raised by George, would I have been just as evil? Which I think the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Because as we said, it's not, it's uh, evil is made, not born. Mm-hmm. And also that, like, Mary Margaret's like, well, I just know you have, like, good in your heart. And it's like, I'm sorry, you're talking to the man who literally had an affair with you. I'm not saying it's the same as murder. I am saying he's capable of duplicitous things. Like, it's not like he is a saint. I think you and I disagree about how much of an effect the curse has on people. But I agree with you. Like, in if we're talking about nature versus nurture, this show falls on nurture pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, nature is a part of it, but I think they say nurture is the overwhelming factor. Yeah, I mean, I don't... There, yeah, there's only so much that nature can influence. Like, if if nurture nurture is a huge thing. Though, we disagree on the curse, though, because we know that the curse was not intended for them to be together. So, even Regina's curse was not to have them have an affair. True. So, they, they actually went outside of the bounds of the, the, the thing that Regina made them do was to not do that. That's true. So. They also weren't supposed to wake up. Or, like... They weren't, time wasn't supposed to start moving. Yeah, that's true. Though I, I have always wondered what her story for him was supposed to be. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. B-plot? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. 
I feel like this is the smallest part of the episode. I think it's even smaller. Oh, well, other than the C plot, but it's smaller than the Enchanted Forest plot. Can we talk about Emma's bad parenting once again? Sure. <laughs> What's up? Go ahead. Hey, we're going to go into the real world. We're going to go look for a man that we presume is your son with who knows what is out there, but I'm taking my kid with me. Oh, I don't think that that's bad. I think that that's a better choice than leaving him in town with Cora running amok. Who you haven't seen, who literally could be with their grandparents, who are probably more equipped to actually raise a child than you are. I mean, she she's lived in the real world. Like, how bad could this son be? He's the son of the Dark One. <laughs> I don't know. But I do know that I'm going with the Dark One, who has a lot of bitterness. Like, that's a danger. It's true. I really like, at the beginning, when Rumpel goes to pick up Emma... And Henry learns that Henry's going with them. And he just sort of, he like seems really annoyed. And then he relents as he always does because he genuinely likes Henry. <laughs> I'm um, so glad you said it that way. This I, time. I really was checking my words to make sure that I didn't say the thing that you didn't want me to say. Appreciate that. Um, yep. You're welcome. Um, and he, it, <laughs> David like launches into a like, make sure nothing happens to them. And instantly Rumpelstiltskin is like, are you threatening me? And David's like, no, it's just a request. Like, can you please make sure nothing happens to my family? So I think that was actually a really good insight into both their personalities. Oh, yeah. Totally. And Rumpel had just threatened them as well. So mm-hmm. it does make sense that he would think that Charming is retorting with a, a threat. And Charming's like, no, this is my family. I'd be devastated. Protect them. And he goes, okay, I will. And he agrees to it. Like, they have a deal. Yeah. I'm assuming it's the deal where they say no interference yeah. for one another. Mm-hmm. But, like, the fact that Rumpel, I think in many ways, Rumpel. Not jealous, but I think he respects who Charming actually yeah. is. Like, he wishes he could be that man. He can't be. That's not who his nature is. But, like, he wishes he could just ask people to do something nice for him, and they would just do it, as opposed to having to make them do it. Yeah. And I don't know that there's anyone he can ask for a favor. It's just, do it, and I will give you something, or do it, or I will kill you. Yeah. Whereas Charming can be like, please do this nice thing. They're like, okay, we love you. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's just a different world. I also love, at the airport... When they tell him he has to take off his shoes, and he says, uncivilized. <laughs> he's, he's speaking for all of us who've had to travel. He's it's not true. wrong. I hate the airport. Like, I was mad watching that scene. <laughs> I also like the scene with the guy in the back, which I hate when people do this. And like, they interrupt, and he's like, have you never been to an airport? And he's like, you never been in a pail on a cane? And I'm like, whoop his ass. Like, don't do it at an airport, because you're going to have to be no fly list. Yeah. But, I wanted him to whoop that man's ass. You're going to end up in a room and be there for hours. A long time. But, like, mind your own damn business. Like, airports are slowing it in general. Why are you bothering this man? And he's, like, fussing at an old man. I'm like, yeah. But I love that his response to everything is, I will whoop your ass with a cane. That man is the opposite of the man when we went to the baseball game that just had to have the sauerkraut. If I would have had a cane there, (laughs) that story goes very differently. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but he he takes so this I think is an interesting point. Rumple takes the shawl off, the yeah. shawl that is keeping him tethered to his memories, mm-hmm. and he immediately starts to go groggy. Yeah. And Emma doesn't screw him over like she absolutely like Regina probably would have screwed oh, him definitely. over. Oh, definitely. And he she actually helps him, and she says, "I won't let that happen," having no realistic way to ensure that happens. Not sure. 
Um, I mean, but she doesn't want it to happen. She does not. Yeah. Um, but she helps him and makes sure that he gets the shell back and then he's fine again. I feel like they have several kind of sweet moments in this episode. Like sweet in terms, like she calls him his, her father at one point during the, mm, the yeah. whole security situation. And I also really like that moment when they're on the plane and he just looks very, very nervous. And she's like, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. I, I, they have a an interesting relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not consistent throughout the show, but like right now, it's like uncle, yeah, type relationship. But like, because even when she comes back from the enchanted forest and she's like, "I, you did this. I was a pawn," and he was like, "No, I took advantage of the situation and I was right where I needed to be." But this was all you. Like, he actually does give her a decent amount of confidence. Even at the uh, season one finale, he says, "You know, it's time to not be a bell bondsman. Be use your father's sword." Like bell bonds person. Sorry, bell bonds person. Yeah, and I mean, he's always been surprisingly supportive of her for... And I've always wondered, is it just to antagonize Regina? It might be. I think he also... I mean, he he has a healthy respect for magical ability. It's true. Yeah, but I mean... like He also respects Regina, despite some of their... I would not say he respects Regina. Hmm. Hi, this is the woman that locked you up for 28 years. I'm not... They've... They have their ups and downs, but I think he respects her abilities, her magical oh, abilities. I think he respects her abilities. I do not think he respects her character. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably true. I, I would 100% say that's true. <laughs> I also just love Henry in this episode. He's entirely there for comic relief. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Cinnabon. Bye. <laughs> and he's so cute with that. Like, he's probably never been on a plane before. I'm sure he he's surely that. never he been said on that. a plane before. Yeah. Um, he's like, I get a trip with you. I get these Cinnabons. Like, it's great. <laughs> Only thing I need is more frosting. Yeah. No, he's there for comedic relief, and I like it. Uh, also, the bathroom scene with Rumple was very interesting. Yeah, it was. He's, he. I don't think we've ever, I don't want to say ever, but he's very vulnerable in more than one way in this episode. He's feeling very vulnerable that he has no magic. Like, when he can't heal his hand, he's sort of like, fuck. Which is weird that he didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, force of habit. Sure. Uh, but he's only had magic back for a little bit. That's true. He's actually spent a lot of time without magic. But he also is very... I mean, he's... He feels very out of his element. He's in a place that he's never been. He doesn't have magic. Like, he doesn't... He doesn't know... He doesn't know that you have to take your shoes off at the airport. No one. <laughs> uncivilized. Uncivilized. Um, and I think he... I mean... It's feeling very real now. He's been very excited to find his son, but now that it's happening, he doesn't, he's nervous. This reminds me a lot of Skin Deep. Yeah. Where he's very vulnerable with Belle. Uh Uh-huh. We even see him briefly change back before it stops. He goes to his go-to rage. Yeah. He's bleeding. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen Rumpel bleed. I've seen the Dark One bleed when he cuts his face real quick in the fight with Charming, but then it just goes away. But I don't know that his goal would ever been like, in a situation where he's bloodied. Yeah, I don't think so. He's gotten other people's blood on him, but that's usually about it. He's got the maid's blood on his shoes. <laughs> you know what's funny? I love that, by the way, that we talk so much about how Rumple always is killing indiscriminately. Meanwhile, they openly make a joke about how Ruby has a little something on her lip because she's eaten X amount of people, and no one seems to hold that against her. I... I we've actually talked about how Rumple doesn't kill indiscriminately True. before. Um, he skills, he kills specifically 
as did Ruby in that situation. And we don't know that she killed anyone. For example, we later see some of the men. There's fewer of them, so some of them are probably dead. But we see some of the mauled men. <laughs> there was a group of ten. <laughs> yeah. And then it went down to a group of two. Yep. I'm not saying we know she killed them. <laughs> but it's heavily implied that she, she killed. She fucked them up. She either jacked She, honestly, and I bet after what those two saw, they probably wish they were killed. <laughs> I think that's a safe play here. Reasonable. But yeah, it's just the fact that, like, you know, it's differences in characters. And obviously Regina kills all the time. And we're like, oh, well, that's Regina. <laughs> uh, also, the, the thing, though, with Rumple that I think is very interesting is that there's a, like you said, he's out of his element. But there's a nervousness that I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Like, there are times in which he has slipped out into a rage and calmed himself. But he just looks, he's, he's actually kind of showing the tendencies of him being a coward again. In mm-hmm. the sense of, like, he's unsure of what to do. He's nervous. And, like, he doesn't have his power. He's in a... Up ten, I mean, flying is a terrifying thing if you've even flown before. But now he's up, basically, his fate is in someone else's hands. It's true. In a place that he does not know, looking for a son that he thinks might want to kill him. As you pointed out, why they didn't just drive, I don't understand. Just drive, man. So much easier. Also, a road trip episode would have been hilarious. And, I'm sorry, Mr. Gold doesn't fly economy. Oh, yeah. I cannot believe that he purchased economy seats. Yeah. At least for himself. I could see him buying them for Emma and Henry. But for himself, he's a first class man. But he does not want to be sitting with some stranger. That's true. He would have to, like, buy out the whole thing. And he also was probably scared. Yeah, that's true. So, but yeah, he would have just bought four first class seats. And then, (laughs) okay. He probably bought all of them. Like, everyone out. Just us. This is our space. Yeah. Well, I would love to do that. Well, if you learn how to spin uh, strong to gold, you're set. Got to work on that. Mm-hmm. Anything else? No, I'm good. That that B plot was by far my best. Uh, I love that part of the episode. I think that's actually oh, like, we do. really good work. It's the other parts. Yeah, just kinda, it's yeah. just whatever. Yeah. It's, the other parts are just kind of like cobbled together stories. Yeah. Filler. It yeah. feels like something I'm just, I'm waiting. Well, some of it's not filler. You're right. But it's, the things that aren't filler are just kind of like attached to the story that is filler. Yes. Yeah. Favorite moment? The evil queen is back. Mm. That is the Regina that I want back. I don't like the damsel in distress, the everything happens to her but not doing anything. Like for better or for worse, Regina in season one made shit happen. A lot of times it backfired on her. But she was a woman of action. Now she's back to kind of scheming and being evil. I would like to know why she is flipped again so quickly. Like, she does seem to just ping pong between extremes as opposed to, like, a gradual change. But that laugh, I miss that, Regina. That's a good one. Mine is perhaps my favorite joke in this entire series. Uh, When... Leroy and David are running with with Mary Margaret from the giant and Leroy says what what do you mean you're not James your name is James and he's like no my name is David and he's like no not your cursed name your real name and he's like it's David and he's like that no your name he's like that's my name my name is David <laughs> and they're running from a giant having this like West Wing conversation so it's very funny it's like a run and talk yes um but also I think the thing that really gets me about it, so we know, as viewers, we've seen, you know, he introduced himself as Prince James when he met Snow because he was pretending to be Prince James at the time. And Snow knows that his name, he is not actually Prince James. 
But do they not ever tell anyone else that? I think they all call him charming. Or oh. the prince. You don't <laughs> so refer to royalty. No idea. But do they never clarify that he's not, in fact, the son of George? I don't think you question royalty like that. And they didn't care. He's... Well, not question, but like I'm surprised that David wouldn't tell them that. Well, like, they're in a war against King George. It seems like it would be a nice rallying cry. Like, hey, actually, King George stole me, stole my brother when I was a baby. And then he threatened my mom. So I had to go help him after his son, his, my brother died. That's not how men converse usually. <sighs> like, usually if we're united in a war, it's, hey, let's go take down the evil king. I'm in. That's pretty much all you really needed to say there because he's a monster. Great. I'm glad to know that if I ever need to take down an evil entity, I can just be like, hey, we got to do this. And gotcha. be like, I'm in. Um, let's roll. <laughs> Most ridiculous moment? Honestly, the conversation with Anton where it's the whole, oh, no, no, it's not, I'm not the bad guy. That was my evil twin brother. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> oh, but no, you know our daughter. Cool. Can I see her? Uh, she's out of town. <laughs> the whole thing was it was funny it's like a good um it reminded me of when regina mocks beauty and the beast that what kind of a message would that send to little girls is that kind of like just like fourth wall uh-huh. laughter this is what that was it's like this is absurd you're the twin brother of the man who screwed me over and killed my family and your daughter is allegedly a person i've met but i can't find her give me a break that's fun you're that's a good one i really like that um mine is that there was a whole castle in the sky full of magic beans <laughs> And bumbling Prince James found it, but Rumpelstiltskin did not. I don't think he's bumbling. He's not bumbling, but he's not as smart as Rumpelstiltskin. No. <laughs> I don't know. There's a giant hole in the sky, so maybe he just found it by like, walking up there one day and be like, oh, look at that, a castle. <laughs> that is a good one, though. Also, runner-up ridiculous moment, the giant hole in the floor. <laughs> yeah, just, that's just how we live. Yep. There's no fence or gate. Anything. You can just <laughs> fall out of it to your death. Don't get drunk at the magic castle in the or sky. Or trip. Yeah. I had a hard time with losers and winners. So loser was easy. Winner was a little bit harder. Interesting. Okay. I often like to pick losers who were just shown in one episode. Poor Jacqueline. Oh, that's a good choice. Uh, both James really only saw you as a object to be discarded when necessary. And you died via the giant's hand in pretty brutal fashion. Like... Being poisoned by your own sword and left to die on the floor is rough. And we see her skeleton in a previous episode, so we know she died right there. Yep. Painfully. Reaching for her sword. In agony. Sorry. That's a good choice. I almost chose Anton because all of his brothers die and he has to live in a castle in the sky by himself and that's terrible. And his friends tricked him. And his friends tricked him. Um, but I actually chose Rumple. What? Rumpel the loser this episode? I, like, loser is a little a little strong for what I would call what is going on with Rumpel in this episode. But we, we just talked about how nervous and scared and upset and out of his element he is. And he's on the road to doing the thing that he's been trying to do. So, like, not a strong loser in that aspect. But it feels like something is... Like, while I was watching every scene that he was in, I had this kind of, like... Uh, bubbling anxiety like oh something's gonna go wrong like something's not gonna something's not gonna work yeah no i think you were meant to feel that like dread Uh uh-huh but i actually would say he's closer to a winner in the sense of he's not being a coward no that's true and that is his biggest flaw he is terrified 
to do things out of his element, to not have his power. And he's willing to do all of these things that you know he detests to go find his son. Like, this is a one of the better moments for Rumpel is, as far is as... That, his, are you trying to tell me that Rumpel is your winner of this he episode? He is not my winner of this episode. He is my runner-up of this episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, my winner of this episode is a woman who's found who she truly is once again. Ah, the wow. The queen is back. It only takes two minutes of screen time for you. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I actually struggled with winner. I, I, I did too. I don't know that anyone won in this episode. I put Anton question mark. Because obviously not. I was like, not the storybook Anton. Yeah, storybook Anton. Oh, I'm sorry, not the Enchanted yeah. Forest Anton. But storybook Anton, I think because actually of all of the things that happen in the Enchanted Forest, which are terrible, yeah. he like realizes that he doesn't have to be racist against humans. Or speciesist? That's like, that's not racism. Speciesist? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Genusist? I'm sorry, biology teacher from high school. I'm really smart, but biology terms just don't stick in my brain. Um, in any case, uh, he has sort of found a family again. And he feels like he can trust people. He was ready to die, like. And they saved his life. And now he feels like he has something worth living. He was ready to give up. Yeah. Yeah, like, being Charming was ready to die. Anton committed attempted murder, just to be clear. Sure, right. Yes, yes, he absolutely did. But he, like, when he was hanging from that pipe, he was like, maybe I should just let go. Yeah, no, he definitely, yeah, he has a purpose now. I I get what you're saying. And, yeah, he, I think Anton is a fine choice because he seems to have regained who he actually was as opposed to just being blinded by sadness or murderous rage. Uh Uh, yeah, I, I didn't have, like, strong winners in this one. Oh, me either. This was definitely was more a of a... I, I, yeah, I would put Rumpel as a runner-up. I kind of wanted to put Henry as a third place just because he's having a good time. <laughs> he is having a good time. Actually, I almost thought about Cora as a winner as well. She's not even in this episode. <laughs> but she's getting what she wants. She is. It's like, she's turned Regina back into the monster she always wanted her to be. Greg, I guess, now has an ally in Belle, or whoever this woman now is. I don't know what her memories are when they're cursed, but yeah, it's, it's everyone seems to be all on the same plane. She episode. doesn't have any memories at all. Well, she has that memory. That's literally it. Just the memory of the fireball. Yep. It's not a memory. Like she, well, I guess it's a memory, but like she lost all of her memories yep. when she fell over the town line. She didn't have any curse memories, so she has no memories. So literally, it's from there and going yes. forward. Like the tape was blank, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So it's like it doesn't feel like anyone jumped ahead in this episode. No. Nope. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I'm just going with screen time. What are you looking forward to next week when we watch season two, episode fourteen, Manhattan? All of it. Yeah, Manhattan but, is perhaps a top five episode. That is the episode that I believe I've been waiting for since the curse was broken. I wish this episode was after that episode. Like, when we got the last of the previous episode, it was, ooh, I want to get to that episode. And then we found that there was an episode in between. I was like, but no. Like, I want I want Manhattan. So, all of it. I'm excited to see if we meet his son. I'm excited to find out who the son is. Also, seeing Rumpel in the real world is going to be very interesting. Seeing Emma in the real world again. Because this is the first time she's left Storybrooke since Henry brought her back. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, I mean... It, also, I like any situation where the Dark One goes in adventures. Because also... He has a lot of enemies, which means Henry is in danger by proxy of being next to the Dark One. You know what else this episode is? This episode is Ant-Man and the Wasp. 
We watch watch Infinity War. We see the snap. (laughs) And then they're like, hey, we got this other movie for you. It's not the movie that you really, really want to watch, though. It's this other movie that actually is fine. Sure. But it's really misplaced in time. (laughs) Hey, here's this big mega cliffhanger. See you in a year. But watch this in between. But no, no, no. I want the other movie. Yes, that is an excellent (laughs) analogy. Um... Yeah, so next week I'm also looking forward to Manhattan. Great episode. Want to know what's going on with Greg? What the hell is Greg going to do? Who is her? Who is her? That's a really good one. Who is her? Um, We haven't seen Cora. Like, what the hell is Cora? What is Cora's plan? What is going on? Uh, Especially Rumpel is not here now. So I am uh, very curious how Cora is going to take advantage of that situation. What does the return of the evil queen mean? Actually... Every magic user, except for Blue, who is completely useless, uh, is not. Every good talented, magic user, talented magic user <laughs> yeah, is not in Storybrooke. So it's just uh, Regina and Cora doing doing what they want. Is that true? Yeah. Oh well, Emma and yeah. Rumple are gone. <laughs> so I, I guess I never really considered the fact that they're like the only ones. It's a surprising lack of magic users for her. Um, a place where they all come from magic. Well, that's actually pretty common um, in fantasy for magic to be known, but not super common, which I actually think is the case in the Enchanted Forest. Like when you talk, because most of the people we know are fancy people. Mm-hmm. They're used to meeting you know, wizards, etc. Yeah. But, like, the average everyday person is like, oh, I once heard of a man that lives in the woods that has magical abilities. Like, that's that's what they got. And I would agree with that if it was just, like, a random selection of people. However, we factually know that Regina brought over exactly who she wanted to bring over. That's true. So why would she be bringing over a bunch of random, meaningless townspeople? That actually, that's so interesting, because she says that, and it's not untrue, sort of. Yeah. But there is no one else in the Enchanted Forest, except for the people that were inside of Cora's bubble. Yeah, she brought everyone. Yeah. And some people from not the Enchanted Forest. Right. Whale was brought over. Is Jefferson not kind of a magic user? No. He has a magical object, but he is not a magic... He himself is not magical. Okay. Yeah, no, that's... Also, you know who I'm really curious about? Where's Maleficent? That's true. Well, they, they killed her. Emma killed her. Emma killed her. She was the dragon. She killed her. Emma defeated the dragon. I don't know that she... We, we didn't see a body. No, but that's 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 what we know. Rule of comics. If I don't see a body, <laughs> you ain't dead. I need to know... And even if I see a body, unless you're Uncle Ben, you're probably dead. <laughs> probably not dead. I'm sorry. He Uncle Ben dies. He stays dead. That's about it. Gwen Stacy's the other one. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm super excited to see Manhattan. All right, well, please be sure to join us next time when we watch this amazing episode, Season 2, Episode 14, Manhattan. We'll see you next time.